Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode. I hope you're having a good day, a good morning, a good night when you're listening to this. I'm currently coming at you live from my freshly rearranged office. I have yet to record a podcast in this new little setup. If you saw my recent YouTube video of my quote unquote new apartment, I rearranged everything in here. It feels super fresh. I'm reporting live. It's about to be midnight. I'm not going to lie. I'm doing another late night episode. I, for some reason, just love doing these. And I always am like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do these late night episodes because my mind can just go everywhere all at once. I, I tend to do that in these later episodes, but I always keep coming back to them. And I really enjoy the calmness of it. And it kind of feels like it's just you and me. And especially at this point in my life, you know, there's no one This is a perk, I'll tell you, of living alone. There's no bedtime, which can be dangerous, but I forget that when you grow up, a lot of the times parents make bedtimes for their kids, and I remember getting my devices taken away from me. Well, I wasn't an iPad kid because that wasn't a thing when I was growing up, but I would get like my DS confiscated, and I couldn't play Nintendogs anymore or whatever, so that was a little upsetting, but it's funny. I you know, I'm an adult. I can stay up. I can record a podcast at 3 a.m. if I wanted to. I, there are no rules once you live on your own. And it's, we'll get into all of that because that's what this episode is kind of about. But I wanted to chat with you guys first before we dive into that. Here's a little shocker. When you're listening to this, I will actually be in Mexico for the first time. I've never been there. I will be in Cabo with free people which is so crazy. The brand Free People invited me on a trip to, I think I'm allowed to say this, tease or launch their new line that's coming out. I don't want to give further details on that just in case I'm not allowed to, but I'm going on my first brand trip in four years. It's definitely can be a little bit daunting and scary, you know, meeting new people, but I'm really excited to meet some new people network and go with such a fun cool brand that i've loved for years and years and years i love free people their clothes are so awesome and i'm going with some of my closest friends which is so fun and exciting i'm getting to explore a new place and what a cool opportunity to go with this brand on a trip to mexico a place i've never been before and i'm so stoked so when you're listening to this episode the day it comes out i will be there so if you want to see what I'm up to. There's definitely a YouTube vlog of that trip coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. But I'm I'm already, I know myself, I'm definitely posting up on Instagram. So if you want to see what that whole thing is looking like, definitely head over to my Instagram if you want to see what I'm up to. I want to start doing more segments in my episodes in the beginning of them because I feel like I usually just give a quick little life update and then hop into the episode. And a lot of my favorite podcasts do little segments. So I'm still trying to figure out what type of segments I want to do. It's not going to be anything long or crazy, but I definitely want to do a segment about something I'm currently loving because I think that's fun and fresh to share. I feel like a lot of times on my podcast, the topics are a little bit 
I don't want to say on the heavier side, but it's definitely a little more hard hitting. It's not always super lighthearted. So I feel like that is a fun little lighthearted segment to start off any podcast with. And I also want to do either like a quote or a lesson from a book that I'm reading or like specifically a self-help book or something that I've learned that week that I want to share. And to that, I have nothing to share because I've been off my reading game a little bit. I haven't picked up a self-help book in a while, but I actually am planning on it. It's in my lineup. I laid it out on my bed to actually start that within the next few days. So that will, you know, maybe come within the next few podcasts because I really want to do that as a segment. I feel like that'd be super fun, but I can share something that I'm loving right now. Something I have been enjoying so much is Olipop cream soda flavored drinks. Olipop is basically, this is not sponsored, but it's a like healthy pre-probiotic digestive health drink. I could be getting that very wrong, but the ingredients are super clean. It's good for you. And specifically the cream soda flavor is so delicious. I've been making DIY like cream sodas and been putting some creamer in it sometimes if I'm feeling fancy and it's just so good. It comes in a little can. The only issue is that I cannot find it anywhere. So my mom keeps finding it, but whenever I check at Whole Foods or Food Land, which is like a local grocery store here. They have all the flavors, but that one. So it's few and far between that. I get a little sippity sip of that luxurious cream soda. You know, it, it doesn't quite taste like an authentic cream soda, but it still is so delicious and it hits the spot. It does just what I need it to. And it's good to know that it's doing something good for me. <laughs> But anyway, on to today's episode, I am doing an episode all about living alone. I have officially lived alone for over a year. I moved out January 1st, 2022, and it's when I'm recording this, it's February 1st. So I've been living alone for 13 months now, and I feel like that's definitely enough time for have for me to have learned a lot of things. It's funny because I remember I did a YouTube video maybe of two or three months into moving out. It was like, all about living alone, everything you need to know. And it's funny because looking back, and I knew this was going to happen, looking back, I thought I knew everything. I thought I had all the answers and all this advice. And it still was good advice, but I've learned so much more. And I know I'll continue to learn more as I continue to live alone for the foreseeable future. And I'm really enjoying this season of my life because I feel like it's such a special opportunity and it's such a privilege to be able to live alone. And I know it's obviously not always going to be like this. One day I'm going to live with a partner, with a husband, and you know, I'm like not going to live alone again. So I'm really soaking this up and I really love this season of my life. I love living alone and I always knew that I wanted to. It's funny. Everyone's different. There's no shame if you don't want to live alone. I think there's so much beauty and power to it, but there's so many people that I know that are in my life that have no desire to live alone. They love living with you know, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, or their partner, whatever, or their friends or with roommates. And, you know, every, everyone has a different situation and things work differently for different people. Some people thrive living alone and some people don't. I do think living alone teaches you so, so much, but you know, there's also things that I'm sure living with other people teach you that I haven't learned, like how to coexist with other people like that. I, obviously can't give advice to that because all I have advice on is living alone. But to me, it just feels like such a special experience to be able to spend so much time with myself and learn so much about myself. Cannot believe I've been here for over a year. I remember being so excited, so scared, but I knew I could do it. And so I did at the age of, was I? Yeah, I was 21, you know, still 
a little youngin. I thought I knew everything. I go, I thought I knew everything. It's I'm literally only 22 now, but it's funny because I really thought I did. And this whole year, this past year has taught me so much about myself. And I really wanted to do an episode sharing about my tips, different pieces of advice that I have. I asked you guys on the podcast, Instagram at my mind pod, definitely go follow it for different questions that you have about it. And you all definitely pulled through with that. I was scrolling and there's hundreds and hundreds of questions to go through. So I'm just going to list off and talk about, go through some of the things that I've experienced that I've learned. And then I'll dive into all of your questions, not all of them because I'd, I'd be here for far too long, but I'll dive in some of the questions that I think a lot of you will enjoy hearing about. So here's to my one year of living alone. And I'm excited to talk about everything that that's come with, because I think that it can seem like such a scary thing if you haven't done it. I remember prior to me moving out, I was always seeking advice to people on the internet that I followed. I would be watching videos of people who had moved out alone. I would be listening to like different podcasts of people who lived alone and just trying to soak up all the advice that I could. And ultimately, you know, there's things that you're going to have to learn for yourself, but I remember finding so much comfort in that. So I hope this helps some of you out. Even if you don't plan on living alone, I feel like these are just great lessons in general. The first thing that I learned, and I learned this over time, but it's okay to feel lonely and it's very normal to miss and mourn your old life. I remember the first few months of me moving out, I almost felt frustrated that I was feeling so sad about it, not feeling any regret. I knew it was the right thing for me to do and I knew it was good timing. Everything felt right about it. I didn't have any doubt about that, but there definitely was a part of me that missed my old life. I missed living at home. I was mourning my childhood in a way because I would just be constantly thinking about, holy shit, I'm never going to move back home. That was the end of a huge chapter of my life of living with my parents. And it was such a you know privilege to be able to do that and have such a good home life. It was really sad and hard to leave that, even if it felt right. I was mourning that piece of my childhood of growing up and knowing that that's not something that I'll ever really experience again. You know, even when I sleep over at home or stay at home or hang out with my family, it's going to be different forever. That was something that really took me a long time to compartmentalize and kind of get over. It was a solid four, five, six months until those feelings fully went away. And I fully was like, okay, this feels good. This is right. And I'm happy about it. That was a chapter of my life. I've closed that. And this is my new life, my adult life. I'm starting it here. It took a while to get to that point. I would almost get frustrated because that feeling would come on typically at night. I remember there were a lot of nights that those thoughts would creep into my head and I'd get really sad about it and I'd be crying. And then I would get frustrated at myself because I was crying. And I was like, wait, but I knew I was ready for this. I chose to do this, blah, blah, blah. I had to make sure to validate those feelings for myself because it is such a big life change, especially when you go from living with other people, living with your family to being completely alone and taking care of yourself. It is a very stark transition, one that I don't think you can ever fully prepare for. You just have to kind of dive off into the deep end of it. The thing about humans is we adapt. We learn how to swim. We learn how to navigate these situations. That's exactly what I did. 
I'm looking across my room right now at my calendar. I have a calendar in my room and I didn't change it to January or for, to February. I don't know why I had thought I had to tell you that, but I was just looking and I was like, huh, it is not January. I need to change my calendar because I am old school and I have a paper calendar anyway. With Valentine's Day coming up, there can be a lot of pressure to treat others to something sweet, but I think it's also important to remember to treat yourself, give yourself that extra love, and luckily Clinique can help you with just that. Many things in life can dehydrate your skin, including weather, pollution, blue light, time spent in the sun, mask wearing, air travel, and air conditioning. Fight back against life's daily dehydrators with Clinique Moisture Surge 100 Hour. This supercharged gel cream hydrator delivers 100 hours of hydration for plump, glowing skin skin even after washing your face. Auto replenishing technology helps skin creates its own internal water source delivering continuous oil-free and non-greasy radiant hydration. After one week, 99% of women say this leaves their skin feeling deeply hydrated. I love that with this product, my skin will feel instantly soothed, hydrated, and radiant. This oil-free gel cream moisturizer with aloe bioferment and HA complex penetrates deep into skin surface for 100 hours of stabilizing hydration. Plus, like I mentioned before, that auto replenishing technology helps skin create its own internal water source to continually rehydrate itself then locks in moisture your skin will feel soothed with hydration in three seconds and it keeps on glowing i would usually apply it around two times a day once in the morning and once at night and what's great is that you can use it alone or under makeup on dry spots as a five minute mask as cuticle treatment or even frizz fighter just one use and you'll see improvement in skin radiance shop clinique moisture surge 100 hour this valentine's day for 20 percent off at clinique.com that discount is valid through valentine's day february 14th that's 20 percent off at clinique.com go get your clinique moisture surge 100 hour today it's okay to feel lonely it's okay to mourn that part of your life and i think it's important to do because you are closing a chapter and you're starting a completely new life it's a fresh beginning and that can feel scary but humans like i said we're meant to adapt and you will over time even if it takes a little bit Like I said, it took me months and you know, now when I think about it, I don't get myself to tears and I don't really even find it sad anymore because I've fully processed it and I've adapted and this is just my new normal. When you get taken out of your normal, it's very jarring, change is hard, but change is so, so good. So even when you're going through something like this, such a stark change, just know that what you're going through is completely normal. That doesn't make the decision any less wrong. If you're doubting it, if you're going, you know, I I feel like this applies to a lot of hard situations in life. Just because you're doubting it doesn't mean it was wasn't the right thing for you to do. When you live alone, you're obviously going to spend a lot more time by yourself. That's clearly a given because no matter how many times you have people sleep over or staying over with you, when you're living alone, it really is just you. And, you know, people will come in and out, but at the core of it, It's just you doing your thing and loneliness is obviously going to come with that, but there's so much growth to be done when you're lonely and yes, being lonely can suck, but for me, I feel like I grew the most when I was in lonely times. Instead of trying to distract myself with outside things, I had to face a lot of things head, head on and there was no one else to look at but me. And I feel like I got so much closer with myself and I have such a better understanding of who I am and how I work, how my mind works so much more ever since I've had to live with my thoughts (laughs) for this past year. So if you're moving out alone, get ready to get cozy with yourself because 
when people are gone, when you're not having people over and it's just you, be prepared to get nice and cozy with yourself. You're going to see the good and the bad and, you know, you just have to see it as a beautiful time. It's a transformative time. Being lonely is okay and I promise that doesn't mean that just because you're lonely, that doesn't mean that every time you're alone, you're going to feel lonely. That's only something that happens sometimes. You know, sometimes you even feel lonely when you're around other people. So I don't, I don't think being alone is a direct correlation to always being lonely, but I promise that it won't always be like that. Like I said, there's definitely an adjustment period because especially if you're, you know, used to being around a lot of people, it's going to be so different to be completely alone. Something that I like to do that I really, really leaned on when I first moved out was constantly having noise in my apartment or if you live in a house, whatever, a dorm. Honestly, having that is so helpful. I would constantly have a comfort show on, whether that was Gossip Girl or Vampire Diaries. And this can just be a show that you don't really need to pay attention to, but it's nice to just have as background noise. For me, I didn't grow up in a crazy household where there was a lot of noise or kids. It was just me and my sister and she moved out long before I ever moved out. So I kind of have felt like an only child for the last few years, few years of my life living at home anyway, but it was always nice. Like living at home, it was always nice knowing that someone was there or that someone was going home. It was comforting to know that. And so to kind of cope with that, since you're just, I was just alone in this. I would constantly be having a comfort show on just to have that as background noise. It made the space feel less empty and lonely. And, you know, half the time I wouldn't even be paying attention to it or I wouldn't, e- wouldn't even uh, be processing that there was something on. On? Where'd that accent come from? Hello? That was so random. But it was so nice to have that there. Or music. I do that a lot too. There's constantly music playing in my apartment or podcasts. I really lean on having noise in the house a lot because while I think silence is good and obviously silence is important, sometimes a little too much silence, you know, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Sometimes the silence is a little, a little scary. I get that question a lot and I'm not even reading the questions yet, but I have always seen the question people or of people asking me, how do you not get scared or do you get scared living alone? Sometimes yes, but honestly, mostly no. I feel very safe here. I feel like living in an environment where you feel safe is very important. Locking the doors, you know, doing whatever extra precautions you need to take to feel safe, do them. So I've never felt like I've been in danger, but you know, just the stupid stuff. Like if my closet is open and I see like the darkness inside the closet, I get a little scared. I'm, you know, I... I don't even hate to admit it. I will admit it. I'm not that cozy with the dark. I don't love the dark. The dark's a little uncomfy for me. So sometimes I do get scared by that. And very rarely will this happen, but there's been a few instances where I've been watching a show at night and I feel a little eerie, especially because I live in a little bit of a bigger apartment because there's two bedrooms. So I'll have to like close the doors because sometimes if all the doors are open, I'm like, is anyone in here? But those feelings don't, those feelings pass. I just get in my head sometimes. I've never genuinely felt scared. I feel very safe here. And if you feel like you'd be scared living alone, there's definitely things you can do to ensure that, you know, make sure the security's good and all of that. But that's something that definitely goes away. And that's something that's come and gone. That's a feeling that's doesn't stay forever. So for the most part, I haven't ever been scared living alone. I feel very cozy and safe here. That's why I think it's so important to 
create a cozy, welcoming space. I love lighting candles, honestly, during the day, obviously, especially at night. But even in the morning, it's really nice to do that. At night specifically, I don't have any overhead lighting in my apartment. There's a lot of outlets in the roof or in the ceiling, and I just never put any light fixtures there. So when you try to turn on the light switches, people are like, uh, what's going on? And I'm like, I never put overhead lighting because I don't like overhead lighting. I love lamps. They just give a much cozier vibe. So play around with some mood lighting, some lighter, you know, softer lighting makes a very cozy environment and decorate your space in a way that makes you feel comfortable, cozy, maybe even reminds you of home, bring pieces from your childhood home or where you were before that makes you feel good. Creating a cozy space will just make things, make you ease into things better. This is liberating and also scary at the same time. It's the fact that you are 100% entirely in charge of yourself. There's no one giving you rules on what you can and can't do. You no longer have a curfew. You no longer can't buy a certain food or whatever it is. There's no more rules for most people, for the most part, (laughs) when you live alone. You know, to a certain extent, I definitely hear the voices of my parents in my head, but it's so weird not having to tell someone where you're going or ask permission to do things. It's kind of jarring because you're like, holy shit, I am on my own and I'm doing this thing and the choices that I make are directly my own and I can kind of do whatever I want. Like I said, that's liberating, but it's also scary. It's up to you what you do with that power because with a lot of fun comes with a lot of responsibility. There is so much responsibility with moving out. It looks like this completely glamorous, sometimes even easy thing. And it's, you know, really not. And I can see how it looks like that because sometimes even when I rewatch my moving vlogs or just my vlogs of myself living alone, I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so fun. And it definitely is. But there's obviously a lot of responsibility that comes with that, that comes with taking care of yourself, making sure things get done. When you move out, there's bills that are just coming and coming, bills on bills, racks on racks, lots of bills to pay, lots of expenses. Adulting is very expensive. That's something I've learned that I knew, but it was shocking to actually experience how expensive adulting is. Just because there's so many hidden things that you don't even think about buying and something that is just always funny to me. And when you live at home, you know, you run out of toilet paper and then it magically reappears under the sink. It doesn't magically reappear. Someone's buying it and putting it under the sink. But when you live alone, there's no one else to blame or hide or look towards. The toilet paper is not going to refill itself. Neither are the paper towels. Neither does the toothpaste. All the things that, you know, you never really see getting refilled, but they just are always there are suddenly on your list of things to buy. And it's just crazy how things add up. Furnishing a place can be really expensive. If you move into a furnished place, that's amazing. But I definitely recommend look into Facebook Marketplace or thrifting pieces because it can just really add up. And I definitely was not careful spending with spending my money when it came to decorating this apartment and furnishing it. I kind of went off the deep end just because this was my first place and I was so excited. I was willing to spend quite a pretty beautiful penny. And so I did, but I know I could have saved so much money if I just, you know, thrifted stuff or got stuff secondhand, whatever. I'm not mad about it. I really am happy with how my apartment turned out. But, you know, looking back, there was a few different things I would have done slightly different. But going back to what I was saying, you are entirely up to you. What you choose to do with your time, 
what you choose to do, what you choose to eat, what decisions you choose to make. All of that is 100% up to you. When you're living alone, there's no rules, like I said. And it's such a weird concept because I remember when I first moved out, even to this day still, I have this feeling sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to get in trouble for doing this? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong, but no, you're not going to get in trouble because even if I was doing something I quote unquote shouldn't be doing, who's going to tell me that I can't? No one. Like I said, a lot of fun means a lot of responsibility and you have to really keep yourself in check and hold yourself accountable because it's not just all fun and games even if it looks like that there's a lot of responsibility like I said I keep saying that that comes with living alone and that obviously would come with living not with your parents in general even with roommates and friends or like a partner whatever but like I said I'm specifically talking about living alone because even if you are living with other people there's a level of accountability there but if you're in it by yourself Baby, you are in it by yourself and you need to keep that in check. February is the month of love and that's why I'm so excited about today's sponsor, Let's Get Deep. Whether it's Valentine's Day, a date night, or a game night with your friends, Let's Get Deep is the perfect game. It's pretty simple, so let me break it down for you. Basically, you take turns asking each other fun yet deep questions from three decks of cards with three levels of intimacy, icebreaker, deep, and deeper. By the end of the game, you're going to know each other very well. The questions range from things like what's your go-to snack at the movies to what's your biggest turn on to how do you show your love. As you all know, I have a new person in my life, not new to me, but new to all of you. And we've done this thing since the beginning of our relationship where we would have a question of the day whenever we would talk and we would just ask each other one question each. Sometimes it'd be fun, other times more serious. And so this game has actually been super fun because, you know, over time, sometimes I don't have certain questions on my mind. So it's really cool that you get to ask each other fun, random questions that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. I've learned so many new things about him. He's learned so many new things about me and it's really fun to whip that out on a little date night at home. If you want to spice things up even more, make sure to grab the After Dark expansion pack, which is filled with 200 extra spicy cards. Let's Get Deep can really bring you closer together, and it's perfect for an intimate date night or a fun party with friends. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you all, and you're in luck because I have an exclusive offer for you guys. For a limited time, get 20% off with the code MIND when you go to whatdoyoumeme.com slash letsgetdeep. That's whatdoyoumeme.com slash let's get deep and use the code mind again to get 20% off go to whatdoyoumeme.com slash let's get deep and use code mind so let's get deep literally (laughs) something that I had to be really aware of when I first moved out was being very intentional about making social plans and being intentional about spending time with other people because especially as someone who had tendencies of self-isolating I would notice that pattern in myself where because I live alone, if I didn't make the effort to go out into the world and have human interaction, I simply wouldn't. And that's obviously not good. Like I said before, being alone is a good thing, but too much of any good thing isn't a good thing. And there were points where I was spending a lot of time alone and really isolating myself and that didn't make me feel good. It made me feel it just humans were made to connect and it's such an important and beautiful part of life and that's why I bring this up of you have to really be intentional about making social plans because it's so easy to just hermit yourself and I speak as someone who had the tendencies of being a little bit more on the introverted side and not needing quote-unquote 
to be around people all the time, whereas some people are naturally a little bit more outgoing, a little more social. And if those type of people live alone, maybe they'd do a better job of, you know, being more intentional about having human interaction. So I know for me, because I lived alone, I've really had to put a focus on making plans with friends, inviting people over, going out with other people, Because as much as I love myself, I can't spend all of my time with myself. And some of my most favorite moments and most beautiful memories are spent with other people. Even though I've made amazing memories by myself, like I said, there's got to be a balance. And I don't want to throw myself off the deep end of isolating myself because I've had those lone wolf tendencies where I do that. So making social plans is so important. Invite people over, have people over. That's such a fun part of living on your own and having your own space to do that. That's definitely something that I want to get into more as I get older is, you know, hosting little things at my apartment. That's something I haven't really dabbled in, but I feel like it'd be so fun to have like a wine night with friends or like a girls night here or, you know, with like a couple friends or whatever it is. I feel like that'd be so fun to do. That's definitely something I want to do more of. With that being said, I also think it's important that you have to have boundaries when you live alone. You have to have even better boundaries because I know for me, sometimes if I didn't feel like something was right for me to do or I didn't, well, that sounds really dramatic. If I didn't feel like I didn't want to do something, I could always use the excuse of my mom won't let me or I'm not, I have to be home. When you live alone, there's kind of less room for blaming it on someone else. I don't know if anyone else deals with this you know, looking for an excuse to not do something, I would always just say, oh, my mom won't let me. Now I can't say that because I'm, like I said, I can make my own decisions now. So I've had to learn to have even better boundaries saying no to things. But I feel like that's been good for my own growth to create those boundaries. Another thing that was really important to me this last year was keeping up with my space and keeping it clean. For me, I have always grown up in a very clean and tidy home. That's just how my parents ran it. And I really appreciate that because a lot of those habits rubbed off onto me. And, you know, some things I didn't carry over. Some things I'm like, "Ah, I can do it a different way. It's all about finding your own way of doing things. Because when you live by yourself, you don't have to do things the way that your caregivers or your parents did things. You can do it in your own way that serves you best and that you want to do. But ultimately, it is so important to have a cozy, welcoming, clean space, whatever makes you feel good because your space is a direct reflection of how you're going to feel and what's going on. Whenever my space is a mess and dirty and there's things I need to do, I feel so mentally frazzled. I've noticed such a direct relationship with that to how I'm feeling. And so it's been so important that I keep up with things and it's very easy to let things pile up. So I've had to create good routines for myself with tidying up my apartment, having a weekly little reset routine to clean things up because it's very easy to let things build and get worse and worse and worse and then you just feel worse. So having a clean space, especially living alone, even though it definitely mattered to me when I lived with my parents, just not as much because it wasn't my whole own space. When it's your own space, you definitely want to care for it like so. Plus, it just makes you feel good. I've never felt good having clothes lying on the floor, dishes in the sink, not having vacuumed in a while or done a good clean of things. That doesn't feel good. Even though it's so easy to do, it's so easy to let those things pile up. Create little routines and habits for yourself. Do a nightly little reset. That's what I try to do. I will either set a timer or mentally I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to give myself the next five or 10 minutes 
to pick up around the apartment because, you know, what is an extra five or 10 minutes? I can do that. I can designate that time. And in the morning, I'm always so grateful. Whereas the nights where I just tell myself, I'll just save it for the morning, I wake up and when I'm trying to start a new fresh day, I'm hit with that. So keep up with your space, stay on top of it because it's so much easier to do a little tidy or clean up once a night or every other day rather than a big massive one that happens once a month and it just feels like the most daunting thing ever. Take things in smaller chunks. It makes it a lot easier to do and keep up with. I am going to jump into the Instagram questions that I got on the podcast Instagram. I'm so excited to answer some of these. Like I said earlier, there's so many to go through. So let's get started. How often do you leave your apartment? I'm not going to lie. There's days where I don't leave. And those are days that I don't particularly like just because it's important to get out there at least once a day. That's something I'm trying to hold myself to. And I think it's only happened once so far this year where I haven't left my apartment all day. And I just noticed that if I don't leave, I don't feel good. And it's so easy to get pigeonholed in here sometimes and hold myself up in here, especially because I work from home. But because of that, it's so important that I get outside, get a little bit of human connection, whether I talk to anyone or not. I really try to leave my apartment once a day. That's something I'm trying to be a lot more intentional about and making an effort to do just because like I said, on the days that I don't, I don't like the way I feel about that. Obviously it's okay when it happens once in a while, but I really try to make an effort to get out there. But typically in a day, I'll leave my apartment at least once, usually twice, sometimes three times. Sometimes I'm out of here, in and out of here so much that I'm constantly going through the door and going up and down the elevators and It really just depends, but I feel like on a typical day when I'm in my usual groove of things, I leave once when I'm going to my workout class, which is how I really love to get human interaction, doing group fitness. I really enjoy, and then I'll come back, do my thing and possibly have something to do that's work-related or have to go run some errands. Maybe I'm going to the beach by myself and that'll be the second time I leave. So typically two on special occasions, three and sometimes only one. So it really just depends. My schedule's all over the place, but I think making it a priority to get out there is really, really beneficial. What do you do alone that isn't watching TV or movies? There's honestly a lot that you can do alone. You can learn how to cook something. You can do something creative, whether that's, I don't know, doing a puzzle if you feel so called to, or cleaning, maybe redecorating, painting, doing something creative like working on a passion project, maybe you're reading, maybe you're doing some extra self-care. Somehow I don't get bored being alone. There's lots to do. There's always something to do and there's a lot to do alone. I have a lot of little activities I like to do by myself, but I feel like specifically things that I like to do alone that are at home are either reading or working on things that bring me joy, like my business, even just little things like making myself a nice breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal to cook myself because I can make a killer avo toast with some eggs and I make a really good coffee and matcha. I really enjoy doing that by myself, just little things. I really try to romanticize living alone because it's fun too and it makes life really enjoyable. How to enjoy your own company. If you don't like your own company, I promise when you live alone, you're gonna have to learn to. And eventually it'll just be second nature because you have to. If you don't enjoy your own company, you're going to be miserable. And I promise you will end up liking yourself the more time you spend with yourself. 
because you don't really have a choice. And I feel like the more time you spend truly with yourself and internally in your brain, the more compassion you have for yourself. And you realize that things aren't that serious. You can forgive yourself for certain things. This episode is taking a really different turn here, but the more time you spend with yourself, the easier it is to enjoy your own company if you don't already. How to deal with loneliness even if you have a roommate. So there's a few things you can do. When I'm feeling lonely, I'll either actively feel what I'm feeling, but try to pull myself out of that by doing things that make me feel good and make me feel happy and everyone has different things that work for them. Or sometimes I will just rot in that feeling and make myself feel worse. I really try not to let that happen because it's a very self-sabotaging tendency of mine. When I'm feeling bad, I just make myself feel worse. I don't know why that happens, but it does. So I don't really try to let that happen too often, but sometimes I can't control it. Or something I think is extra important is to keep up with the people in your life because sometimes it's very easy to just forget about everyone else outside of your own little bubble that is your new life. Keep up with people. Call your grandparents or your parents. FaceTime a friend. Technology With technology now, it's so easy to stay connected with people and it's such a good tool for when you're feeling lonely. Even though you're not with someone in person, it really helps. How has living alone changed you? Ooh, I'm just going to answer what first comes to my head because I feel like there's a lot of things that have changed about me since I have lived alone, but I just feel so much more in tune and in touch with myself than I ever have before because there's just been so much self-discovery that's inevitably happened while living alone for a whole year. I definitely feel like it's changed me for the better. I love who I've become. I feel like I'm really becoming the person who I'm meant to be and constantly growing and evolving into that person. And I just feel like so much more of an adult. I, even, even though sometimes I feel like a teenager, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I still feel like I'm masquerading as an adult, but I'm doing a better job at it, I guess. <laughs> Did you ever think about getting a roommate? No, not once. Did I think in my head I would live with a roommate or a friend or a partner? For some reason, something was calling to me that I just knew I needed and I wanted to live alone. As a person, I've always been very independent. You can be independent and live with people. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But I just, there was not one part of me that wanted to live with someone else. And I knew I wouldn't. It's just something that I felt. And there were parts in my life where I would talk with friends about moving in together, but it was never really super serious. But when I was really thinking about moving out, I just knew it was going to be alone. I've never looked back on that. So I'm going to soak it up because one day I'm not going to have this anymore. One day I'm going to have a house with a husband and, you know, maybe kids. So it's hard to picture that right now, but I know that that's my future one day. So I really am just soaking it up in this moment of having my own space. I don't know why I just felt so sure that I would live alone, but it's just a feeling I had. And I never really questioned it. I was like, I don't, I don't want a roommate. I don't want a roommate. And some people do. And that's totally fine. If you know that you want to live with someone, great. Listen to yourself. Is it better living alone than with someone living with you? Honestly, I feel like I can't answer that because I feel like each experience is so individual and unique. And there's something so beautiful about living on your own. But there's also so much beauty in sharing that experience with others so I don't think there's a better or worse option. I don't think there's a right or wrong thing to do. 
just what you want and whatever you want to do, whether that's living alone or with other people, that's going to be right for you, even if it's right or wrong for someone else. Just because moving out alone was right for me doesn't mean it's going to be right for everyone. So I don't think there's a better option. They're just very different. I got a lot of expense questions like how expensive is it to move out? How much do you have to save up? And that's such a tough question to answer because every place is so different. Hawaii is one of the most expensive places in the U.S. to live and the prices definitely reflect that here. It's crazy expensive and this last year paying rent, paying bills, paying electric, buying myself groceries, all the things that add up. It's been the most expensive year of my life (laughs) and I don't regret that at all, but it's interesting to look at all the money that's exited my bank account this last year. I mean, it's all worth it. I don't regret a single thing. It's not cheap to move out. It's good to have a bit of a financial plan of how you're going to do things and creating a budget for yourself just so you have a general idea. Like I said, other places are a little bit cheaper to live in and it's really give or take. I feel like, especially if you're looking for an apartment, maybe you're in love with a place, but it's a little bit out of budget So you have to ask yourself, okay, are you willing to stretch your budget in this area, but then shrink it somewhere else? Or are there things that if you look at other apartments that you can live without that you don't necessarily need? What are your non-negotiables in a living place? I know for me, my non-negotiables were lots of light. One of the apartments I toured was so dark and I knew that if I lived in a dark apartment, my mood was just going to be not good and not pleasant. So that was something I really valued. I also wanted a lot of space and a lot of storage because I have a lot of stuff. So that was something that was a non-negotiable for me. And also just being in a safe building was something that I really prioritized. So it's expensive to move out, yes, but there's ways that you can budget and there's ways that you can save money in some places so that you can spend a little more in other places. Everyone does it differently, but when you move out, just expect a lot of expenses and a lot of bills. And you're probably going to spend more money than you ever have, but it's worth it. And it inspires you to work harder (laughs) because if you don't, you're not going to have money to live because you need money to live. And that's a whole other topic and it's really stressful, but it is what it is, I guess. What was the biggest adjustment for you? So this one, this is the first thing that comes to my head. The biggest adjustment for me, I'm not going to lie, was just the fact that things don't magically reappear. Like I said before. I was used to when toilet paper was running out, the next time I'd go to the bathroom, the toilet paper was magically refilled. When the paper towels ran out, suddenly there was a whole new roll. When my toothpaste was out, the next time I went to brush my teeth, there was a brand new tube. And this is just because I had really amazing parents, but everything just seemed to be like magic, always showing up and things always being clean. I didn't realize there was a person behind all of that. And now the magic is lost because the person that is behind all of that is me. And that was a really big adjustment. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to take care of this all by myself? Jail time. How much money should you save up before moving out? So similar to what I was saying earlier, everyone's situation is different. And it really depends on how much money you're going to be spending on rent and on groceries and what you think your budget's going to be. So I would definitely talk to someone about how you plan on doing that just because everyone's situation is so individual, but I feel like it's always important to have some sort of cushion. 
It is the worst feeling when you're just making things meet. I know that that is just the worst feeling to have because you're constantly on a crunch. And so I think it's good to have some sort of cushion. I don't think there's an exact amount of what you should save, but I don't think you should spend all of your money. I would definitely ask someone for advice on that. Who knows your situation a little bit better? Just because like I said, I don't, but I think there's definitely great tools online to learn from. I did so much research when I was moving out and just get a feel for what prices look like where you're wanting to live. Just so you have a general idea of what the cost of living looks like so you can know how much you are needing to save and what your spending might look like once you do move out. How do you not get overwhelmed with everything while moving out? So you do, you just learn how to cope with it. (laughs) I'm just kidding, that was entirely unhelpful, but I was very overwhelmed when I was moving out, but I just took it one step at a time. What really helped me when I was feeling overwhelmed because for me, I like when things are done like that. I want things to be done within a very short time frame. So I guess you could say I struggle a little bit with patience. It's something I'm working on. But what really helped me when moving out was just tackling one small thing at a time. I would tackle my bathroom, then I would tackle the closet, then I would do my bedroom, then I would do the kitchen. I wouldn't try to do my whole apartment in one day because I feel like that was even more productive, just being so scattered of trying to organize all different places all at once. And then nothing was ever really done. So just focusing on one task at a time really helped me to honestly get more done in the long run. And at the end of the day, I was like, it'll happen. It'll, everything will come together. Stop stressing out. This is a very fun and exciting time. Stop ruining it by getting stressed about this. Just have fun with it. So I did. What is the biggest reality check you've gotten since living alone? (laughs) The biggest reality check I had was the first time that I was sick because no one was there to take care of me. And it was very isolating and I was so sad And it just made me so grateful for all the times that when I was at home and my mom or dad would take care of me, would make me soup or do things to be helpful, like making a meal. It is the worst thing. I think that that is honestly one of the worst things about living alone is when you have to take care of yourself when you're not feeling good. Because the last thing you want to do is make get up and make yourself food or a meal or something. All you want to do is just rest and be taken care of well, guess what? You're going to take care of yourself regardless of if you have the energy to do it or not because you're alone and no one's going to do it for you. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you're going to rot. So that was my reality check. I was like, wow, it made me so grateful for all the times that I've been taken care of. And I definitely do not take that for granted. Things you miss about living with your family. This one's going to make me cry. I feel like I miss my dog a lot, so much. I'm not allowed to have a dog in my apartment, which... Hmm, really irks me. I could talk about that for a while, but I won't. I get it. Everyone has different rules. It sucks a little bit. I miss him so much, especially because we got him as a puppy two years ago. So I had about a year with him before I moved out and we got so close and it's really nice. I feel like something that helps a lot of people with living alone and loneliness is having a pet. And that's just not something I'm able to do. I'm not even allowed to like have him over for a sleepover or something, which kind of sucks. But I feel like I really just miss having someone to randomly talk to or just being able to be like, hey, like blah, 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 asking a question or saying something. I miss having someone to tell my day about, I guess. That is something I really enjoy whenever I'm with people. I love just simple conversations. 
asking someone how their day was, them asking me how my day was. I really love that. And sitting down for family dinners. That's something that my family always prioritized that I know isn't super usual for everybody, but we pretty much for every dinner, we'd always sit down as a family and talk and eat dinner together. We sat at the dining room table and that was a really nice tradition that I really value and cherish, especially growing up. And that's something I miss sometimes because sometimes I feel like my most lonely moments are when I'm eating dinner alone. And I feel like that's why I lack so much motivation to cook for myself because I just feel so lonely eating alone because I was so used to eating with other people and really enjoying other people's company. So that's definitely something I miss and something I'm still working through, I guess, because I need to get over that whole, I don't want to cook for myself because I get lonely. I need to romanticize that and still cook myself good meals. I'm not going to lie. I've been a little spoiled lately because my boyfriend has been cooking me dinner We've been eating dinner together, which has been so nice. And he's such a good chef. (laughs) I scored. I scored. I really did. Uh, Because as you all know, I'm not a wizard in the kitchen. A wizard. I'm not a chef in the kitchen. Nothing like that. I'm trying to be. So there's a lot I can learn. But right now I'm kind of just enjoying that. But yeah, I definitely miss the little things of living with my family. The things that I didn't even think about when I lived back at home. Do you feel more mature after experiencing living alone? I definitely do. It's made me grow up a lot just because I've had to grow up and adult, really get my shit together a lot more than it ever has to do this whole thing. And in turn, I've just gotten a lot more mature through that, which I'm really grateful for. It's definitely an empowering feeling to know that I can take care of myself and I can thrive. I definitely feel very independent And I love that feeling. I feel like I can rely on myself and it's very freeing. And I just feel good knowing that. I feel like I understand myself a lot more. I've grown up so much and I've reached a new level of maturity throughout all of this. And that's definitely come with time. How to cope with not seeing your parents or siblings as often once you moved out. This is something I've experienced and dealt with a lot. And it's that guilt of leaving that chapter of your life and leaving your parents. It was especially hard for me because I was the sibling who made my parents empty nesters, quote unquote, because my sister moved out and then it was just me. And then once I moved out, now my parents don't have any more kids to take care of. I mean, they've done their job. They did a fantastic job of raising the both of us. So, you know, they, they did what they, what their job was, I guess, as a parent. I don't know. I still feel guilty about it sometimes, but not as much as I used to. I used to feel a lot of guilt to the point where I would just get so sad, but I've just had to realize and tell myself that this is a part of life. This is a part of growing up and it has to happen at some point because we all have to spread our wings and move on. It's a really hard chapter to close sometimes and it's a hard pill to swallow that once you move out, you won't see your family as often as you used to. But something that does bring me a lot of peace is knowing that When I do spend time with my family now, when I do see my parents, when I do see my sister, the time is so much more intentional. It almost means more because we're not together all the time. Whereas before it's very casual, you don't think too much about it. But now I really, really appreciate those moments that I'm with all of them. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And with that, that will be the last question I'm answering. There's so much more, but unfortunately it is 1 (laughs) a.m. My voice is hurting. I've got to go to bed. I've got to put on my big girl pants and turn off all the lights and try not to be scared of the dark. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kind of. Kind of. 
Um, I'm not really kidding. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. I've learned so much this last year and I really appreciate all of you being on this journey with me. I know there's so much more to learn and I can't wait to share all of that with you in the future, but thank you for listening. I hope that this advice helped you, that these tips made you feel good. If you plan on moving out, you got this. Thank you so much for being here with me and listening to this episode. You can tune in every Wednesday for a new podcast and that was everything on my mind. Bye.